Welcome to the Living Force Podcast, a Utini production. Bonus episode, conversation with Kevin Scott. On this episode, the Utini crew talks with Kevin Scott, author of Star Wars The High Republic comic series. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! All right, welcome everyone to a very special episode of The Living Force. We have a beyond full house today slash tonight, depending on where you are in the world. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me are the doctors. We have Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for, uh, you know, lovely intro as usual. Oh, thanks for opening up the Zoom call so we can talk to each other. Uh, we also <laughs> have Dr. Charles Hankel, who is not at the hospital this morning. Hello there. Happy to be here instead. Enough enough about me. Let's get to the, the most important person here. All right, let us do that. Well, you mean Wes Jenkins, who is controlling the yeah. camera? Yeah, Wes Jenkins. <laughs> hey, Wes. Hey. <laughs> All right, but for real, we do also have the unofficial president of the European chapter of the Jackson Fan Club, Kevin <laughs> Scott. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello there. I, I feel I, sh- I should be a doctor. Dr. Kevin Scott of the Jackson University now. I think that's where I want to <laughs> oh go. God. It sounds so right when you say it that I don't think we can yeah. dispute it. Excellent. I'll get the business cards printed and everything. It'll be fine. I'm sure no one will mind. <laughs> Not at all. Well, we're, we're so thrilled to have you. We, you were our first interview two years ago. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. And a lot, a lot has happened, um, mostly in Maybe our life, but you've been a bit busy. Just a know. tiny, tiny bit busy, yeah. <laughs> a bit. Um, but Charles, if you wouldn't mind, we have we have our lovely pre-approved questions because we're very good rule followers here at the Living Force. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to, to to start us off, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a chat. Yeah, yeah, just a little softball here first, Kevin. Uh, but uh-huh. like we said, haven't talked to you for quite some time now. You've been very busy. You were just telling us, you know, life's been quite hectic for you. But uh, we haven't chatted since 2019, so lots no. lots been going on. How have you been? What's going on with you? Yeah, good. I mean, obviously the world ended, um, but other than that, it was. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's right. really. I, I'd forgotten it was that long because obviously, as you said, there's been a few things going on in Star Wars recently, mm-hmm. and because when we were talking about it, I was working all, all of that behind the scenes, and so it's mm-hmm. just, um, it's just bizarre to be able to talk about stuff in person now. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a crazy couple of years um, in Star Wars and, and everywhere else as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely crazy, yeah. and it's. It, but we're all here. We made it. We're all here. Yeah, we're all safe. <laughs> yeah. You know, touch by, wood. That's by, the way it's going to remain. By some, by some miracle. Now uh, we talked a lot about. Uh, I think you. We we asked all of our authors like the the legacy questions, what we call it, right? And we I think we asked you that back then. We asked you what do you want what do you want your legacy to be in Star Wars, and and you specifically mentioned something about uh, Jackson the Rabbit, like uh, and how it's really cool to introduce new people to that character and and have an impact on kids and that sort of thing. And uh, you got to you've gotten to do a whole bunch of stuff with that character recently, which has been pretty rad. So going back to like from a certain point of view a little bit, what was it like to do such an original, fully fleshed out story all about Jackson. I'm still always in the state of mind of they're letting me do what now? Um, and <laughs> yeah. going from, do you want to write an eight page Jackson story and that'll be it forever? Never, never think about writing him ever again. So basically having an, a, an annual event for him in the IDW comics. And then, yeah, last year, being able to write for him in prose for the first time ever to get him on the um, Jedi challenge show in a cameo in the stories. Yeah. Um, I, t- I, I, I think either, you know, 
I've got pictures of people that I can use against them forever, and that's the reason it's happening. Or they're pitying me, so I'll let you work out which one it is. But yeah, we know. You know, I love that that green rabbit, um, and I will continue to keep writing him as long as they let me. Um, I don't, contrary to popular opinion, I don't put him into everything. It's most things, but um, you know, he hasn't made it into the High Republic yet. Oh, see, that's Fair the enough. word I wanted. Well, I was waiting for that yet. There is, unfortunately, there's still you know, time. He's about two hundred years too young for the high republic but you know he must have had a few great 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 granddads around at the time (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah absolutely love that and on and on that too a little just a quick follow-up on jackson do you think Mm. that star wars has been really embracing the weird i guess it's best because i think jackson has has kind of had this wave of characters that are a little more off the beaten path the last couple years i feel like we're getting a lot more stories of your non-typical heroes yeah i mean Star Wars has always been weird, right? I mean, you know, it's always had it there from from day one. And I'm very wary because I do obviously know that George Lucas was not a fan of Jackson. And and, (laughs) and I I don't want to be the person who goes, but George, you were wrong. Um, But what I love about Jackson, and I got this a bit into the short story from a certain point of view, is the fact he does operate in a galaxy where there are giant spiders that have, you know... uh, commanders of the separative army you you know you've got a a giant fish who's the admiral in the rebellion you know what's so different about a giant rabbit and for me what i love about him is that sense of you you know you can lean into the ridiculousness of star wars without taking the mickey out of it and i hope in all the things and this comes back with me you know acknowledging the fact that when he first arrived he was quite soon someone said to me Oh, you, you've written Jackson more than anyone now. I was like, there was a reason for that. Um, you know, and <laughs> he was shoved to the side quite quickly because, you know, of, of the politics behind the scenes. But there was obviously, like for myself, I mean, he was in the very first Star Wars thing I ever experienced with the comics. Um, so that 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 sense of fun and that sense of being able to tell a story and trying to tell real stories for him as well. It's not just case, you know. I wrote that first one and it was a bit of a case, well, this is a chance to do Jackson and isn't he silly? And since then, we've been able to explore him as a character a bit more, which is great. And I don't want to get too profound about him or anything, but he does does enable you to tell those stories of people who aren't taken seriously in the Star Wars galaxy. And and the fact that in, in, in universe now, we've made him a bit of a joke, you know, that he's the one where, you know, Han says, oh, have you asked Jackson? And Leia looks and goes, really? Um, but he still gets the job done. And I love the way it's he's turned into, he's got a little um, bromance now with Lando. And, you know, yeah, and Lando's yeah. the one who actually sees him as being a, a benefit to everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be any more Jackson stories come from, and that's the honest truth. Um, mm-hmm. But I like to think so, because, I, I you know, there are, there are still things we can do with him. I mean, I'm still hoping, hoping out for old man Jackson, you know, around the time of the sequels. Uh, that <laughs> oh would be God, my dream that's now. Fantastic. That's why I haven't gone with him yet. I want to see him, yeah. you know, surrounded by little rabbits, little leppies, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. having to help out Ray and, and Finn. I think that would be um, that would be something to see. Oh, my gosh. I can, just, I can see old, old man Lando Billy D being like, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. You know, oh. I've, I've put enough things in the Jackson story so far that there are, you know, he's now wanting to go legit and have a haulage company. So, you know, uh, you know, we we might see some more, some more um, adventures for the the little green dude somehow. Oh, that'd be marvelous. Now, so I'm I just made an accidental pun. I did not mean to. 
Uh, but Marvels, we're gonna. I want to go into your other comic work just for a second before we hit the higher public stuff, which we're obviously so beyond start to talk about. Um, but I want to talk about one of my current obsessions, which is uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which you <laughs> got to write a little bit about. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, for those folks that don't know, uh, how are you connected to this blockbuster video game, and what was the process of working on that project like? Well, um, so it goes, but I'm a bit of a Viking geek. So we have in Britain, in York, this place called the Yorvik Centre, which is an old part of York um, City, which they excavated down and found the original Viking city of Yorvik. Um, and when I was a kid, they, they put this this thing on it when you used to sit, you sat in a chair and it was like a ride and you went back and there was all these waxworks. So you went back in time to the, what, what it was like and there was the sights and the smells. Um, and I, we were taken there on a, a school trip when I was a kid and I became obsessed with Vikings absolutely obsessed um it linked into obviously me discovering thor through the comics at the same time and i you know and there is also we have because of our background in england we have you know a viking the viking roots and we have you know odin became woden who became one of the old gods for, for, for the brits um so you know it was always there in our folklore so i became obsessed with vikings and i was a member of the of the jorvik viking fan club because there was one um <laughs> i would i i watched that Kurt douglas film more times than i i i can tell um <laughs> And this is what I, I, I have revisited Vikings quite a few times in my work. Um, I worked on the comic series for the Vikings TV show, um, working with the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the wow. um, with That's the showrunner awesome. on that. So because of that, um, I've been doing some work with Dark Horse and they had the license for Assassin's Creed and they won it from Titan. They realized it was Vikings. They remembered that I worked on the Vikings comic. Um, and so that's how it came about. And I suddenly got a call. Would you like to fly to when well, we could still fly, um, fly over to Canada, meet the guys, um, wow. have an early look at the game and, and with a view to writing the prequel comic um and so yeah that, that's where that came from so it came I, I i will be the first to admit i've played a bit of assassin's creed i'm not a massive gamer anymore because i just haven't got the time and my children sure. have completed and taken the consoles now um oh, but evil. i know why did i have them um the, the children not the consoles i know right, why right, i right. have the consoles um, but yeah so it was through through the site you know through the the history side of it you know and they wanted someone who knew new viking history because that's one of the things when i worked on the vikings tv show comic mm -hmm. um everything we wrote in that comic i had to provide historical evidence that it happened so wow. um wow. i sort that's of delved incredible. quite de you know, deeply into it from that point of view so so yeah so that's where it came about um and you know i'm i i get i've been working in various licensed things for years but um it's right. always good to to sort of try out a new one as well. And, I, you know, hopefully, again, I'll be doing more Assassin's Creed because I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you are a little like uh, Thanos with the gauntlet of, of franchises, I feel. There's just so like many little stones that. now. <laughs> I hope I, it doesn't mean I can destroy fandoms at a click of a finger. But, you know. Hey, 2021 will be a hell of a year. We'll find out. <laughs> but you do have that power if you so choose to wield it. Yes. And so for, yes. for all of our uh, listeners who are just getting the audio, is the Viking obsession, is that why you're wearing a, a giant horned helmet right now, Kevin? Yes. Yeah, but of course, obviously, uh, I think you'll find that the Vikings didn't have horns on their helmets. You're now going to oh. set off the geek in me. And, um, Please tell me more. Well, the, the, they were the gods. They were the images of the gods. It was Thor who oh. had helm, uh, horns on his helmet. And, um, and so when we dug up, oh, you've really opened up. 
Pandora's box it. now. And um, when they dug up the, the images of the gods, they went, oh, look, they've got horns on their helmets. So therefore, all Vikings must have horns on their helmets. Um, ah, okay. And so wow. and then when most of what we think about the Vikings comes from the Victorians, because the Victorians just recreated history whenever they wanted to. Um, and so suddenly paintings were were, were um, crafted of, of horns with these massive um, sorry, ha are these hats with horns on? Um, and also, Vikings never called themselves Vikings because that was not a word for them. You know, they were not Vikings. Vikings was right. they did Viking. They went a Viking, uh -huh. and that was to go and raid. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you see, th I get really there's that mo those moments when you watch stuff and someone will say, "I am a Viking," and I'm going to use it. Stop saying it. <laughs> Stop no, using that not. word. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well. Speaking of Thor, you uh, you are also kind of crossing over some barriers and writing for other godlike characters, if you will. Uh, you're mm -hmm. going to be writing Wonder Woman, and, and well, so yeah, so I've, yeah, I've written a, I've written a Wonder Woman digital comic. Yeah, that came out. yeah. What um, was it? What was it like to do that? One of the, the most famous superheroes in history. I know, I know. So I, I'm a you know superheroes are my jam, and. Mm -hmm. um, I've been talking to DC for a while. I've written something for Vertigo when Vertigo was still around a while back. Oh, yeah. And then because of various different reasons, things didn't happen. Um, but yeah, then I had the opportunity to write for the digital first series that DC are doing as sort of like a taster for people. So if people want to explore some of the characters they know from the films and from the TV shows, DC are doing this entire range of... So then they're not in continuity for the comics but they are the comic versions of and they're the classic versions of so you know so yeah they asked me if i wanted to do a wonder woman um which it was just crazy that that was the first thing i was doing for them and so that since then i've done wonder woman um i've there's a valentine special called um love is a battlefield coming out next week or the week after um and i've written hawkman and hawkwoman for that um and there are more dc things coming um, but yeah, so it's, it's, as I, I think I've said, I think I probably said this on your show, my to do list is the same now as when I was 10. Um, and I <laughs> always try and keep it like that. And so superheroes are, are a massive part of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, we, we, we certainly celebrate a lot of the comics here, like uh, Marvel Unlimited and DC. What's the, they just renamed Infinite? I think they mm. just renamed it. So like, those have been really awesome to dive into comics and stuff. It's really cool to see your name kind of alongside those, oh, those projects now too. Um, so let's obviously we want to talk to you about the High Republic. Yes. Uh, you know, so back in 2019 when we first talked to you, I think they had really just maybe that's when they announced Project Luminous. Mm. It was very hush hush, um, and uh, we couldn't really talk about it much. But now it's here. It's mm -hmm. all out. It's much bigger than I think anybody really anticipated it being. Um, your first issue of the High Republic was massively successful. What were your first sort of initial feelings in regards to all that? Um, shock. Um... It, it actually it's it it makes you quite humble when you realize um what you're doing and i think it's a wake-up call to remember that you know how important these characters and this world is for people um not that i didn't know that i mean as i said before i came sure. to star wars through marvel comics you know it was before i saw a film i'd read Mar um, star wars weekly over here and so for me writing a star wars comic has always been a goal, a goal, and you know, obviously, I did a lot of that with IDW, and I'm still writing for IDW and various things. But to to write a Star Wars comic with the Marvel logo on it, just it felt like coming home. So, so yeah, um, 
obviously part of the thing is we we, we announced this and there was the drip drip of information and you know and, and we didn't want it to be as as um secretive i think as, as it ended up being and then there was because of the the situation in the world it got delayed again um right so we had no idea if it was going to land you know it was yeah. we've been working on this as i say behind the scenes for two years um it's become part of our daily life. I mean, the five of us and, and Mike Seglane talk every day uh, about various different things. So it's become the day job in, in a lot of ways for a lot of us. Um, but we still don't know what the reaction is going to be. And then when those right. first numbers come, I think I think issue one's now on 200,000 copies, which, yeah. you know, <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic isn't bad going. And, no. and I'm, I'm just so pleased for the team because obviously it's not just me on the comic it's ario it's right. mark it's you know it's 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 everyone is involved and it is a bit of a it was a a, a leap of faith for marvel as well you know a time Absolutely where right. yeah where the comic interest has been hit you know it, it's yeah. been hard it's been hard for for dc it's been hard for marvel to keep going through all this you know there was nerves because this was something new, you know, it's, it wasn't like putting out right. another book with Luke and Leia, you know, it was, you know, we're, we're, we're launching something brand new granted in a, a recognizable galaxy, but still, right. You don't know if people are going to respond. And so the fact that it has respond, the response has been so positive. The fact that issue two is, you know, pretty much is repeating the same path as well. Um, that's where, you know, cause if you go through the first thing, you go, issue one, brilliant. It's a launch is loads of, you know bizarre about it everyone's excited what you want to see right. is see people stay with it and people are so so yeah it's it's been it's been incredible to see um and yeah it's daunting as well because throughout all the high republic throughout the, the years to come of high republic and there are years ahead the marvel and the idw are going to be the backbone to it all because the books come every six months or four months or whatever but the marvel marvel and the idd comic come out idw comic out every month so you know we have to keep people as excited as possible throughout everything so yeah there is it's, yeah. It, there, there are nerves involved but um also again sure, yeah it's just sure. the the i'm really pleased for comic stores you know, because again, yeah. it, you, you want to have success for a comic store. And I've had loads of stores come back to me and, you know, we're doing different things with different stores and they're just happy people are coming in and finding, you know, try to search for the comics um, because yeah. getting people through the doors has been tough. So, and I'm not yeah, saying, absolutely. I'm not saying the High Republic is the only thing doing that. You know, I think what DC is doing at the minute with Future State, I mean, mm -hmm. there are reasons for people to go into comic stores. Um, and I'm just very pleased that we're part of that at the minute. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you and you mentioned you know the the fact that there's so many new characters on this, and I think that was the thing that amongst our community really kind of impressed us, and honestly surprised me the most was that this comic sold more issues than a lot of <laughs> recent comic launches. And on the cover, there's no recognizable characters. Yoda's in like a panel or two, and even Light of the Jedi is on the New York Times list. And there's a mention of Yoda, but other than that, it's all new. Like the the mm. appetite for new content among Star Wars fans was was kind of shocking i think that's one of the really cool things about the staying power of the high republic and also it's just it's one it's a cool thing about the staying power of star wars i mean let's face yeah. it we have we have always thrived on, on on new in star wars and and again that goes back to george you look at the difference between star wars and empire and it's all new you know right with the first time we see luke using proper jedi powers and can you imagine what the internet would have been like at that point? <laughs> he can do what now? 
<laughs> they've ruined my two years ago. Um, it's you know, it's, and it's just thrown in there. Luke can now yeah. move things with his mind. There are yeah. force ghosts there, and the, you know, and just, yeah, wow. I love the fact from right from the beginning, Star Wars was all about new. It wasn't just about going back and doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that's what kept, has kept it, it motoring forward through all of the years of the EU, through even through you know doing things like the Ewok cartoon and the Droids cartoon. It was all all about doing new things and then through LucasArts and now hopefully we're we're seeing the same thing there, there have been a lot of people saying over the last few years the books have been tying into the films and the books have been tying into the tv shows and the cartoons but again they're pretty much all just new things you know so yeah, Star sure, Wars totally. is always good when it's moving forward um even when you have things like Mando who which is, are obviously a love letter to the past but they're doing new things with, with that with that um sandbox so yeah i think star wars always has to move forward because if it if it stagnates or it stays where it is that's when it gets into trouble it's same with anything isn't it no question sure sure and you've been kind of pushing the limits with your projects for a while you've done a lot of new things and a lot of those the comics the audio dramas like dooku jedi lost you had to do some pretty intense collaboration with teams of Mm. people but this is probably more than we've ever seen before a, a true team effort how was this high republic experience unique compared to some of the collaborations you've done in the past oh i mean it's it's a proper writer's room you know in the in, in the sense of a t, you know like a tv writer's room um we as i said we are in constant conversation and there are so many moving parts in it um beyond the five of us because you know as a, there's been a few announcements of other things that are going on now as well mm-hmm. so um yeah, it's. I love it. I mean, this is why I love comics. This is why I love drama. Um, this is why I love audio and TV, because it's not just you sitting in your room. I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm so at the minute I'm putting the the finishing touches to the Rising Storm, which I'm loving. But there's still that element. For the last two weeks, it's been pretty much me and my computer screen. And yeah, the notes from Story and the notes from from Elizabeth and Tom. But mm. it's still you in a room. But the difference with it is that I could then go, if I get to a part when I don't know, you know, I, I hit a brick wall or I have a new idea or I, you know, or, or yeah, I don't have a new idea. I can just jump onto our, our Slack channel we've got and, and throw it out to someone else and, and also check if it, if anyone else is doing anything that I can be referencing. And so in the same way of writing comics when you're part of a team, writing a, a drama, whether that's TV, audio, whatever, you're part of a team. This has felt part. Um, this has felt like the same kind of sense of collaboration and teamwork on individual prose projects, which is fantastic. And you know, and there are there's definite moments. Um, Crash Point Tower, Daniel's book, and the Rising Storm, you know, dovetail really closely. And so we've had to be firing stuff back and forth to each other, um, and that's just really enjoyable because also, just like anything, what you end up with is better than if it had just been you. Um, sure. And there was a point yesterday where. Justina was working on something on her YA. I was working on something in Rising Storm. We were chatting about it in a, a just a DM, and we came up with an idea through you know through that chat, which then we could both then put back into the books um, and and create a li- another little connection that isn't probably very obvious, but that's where it came from. So so yeah, I, I mean it's it's the the most fulfilling. I mean it's not to say it's all plain sailing. You know, we're all we have those moments when we have arguments over things, you know, like any team, like any, any working environment, but actually 
that's part of the fun as well. Because again, when you have those moments when you're clashing and going, no, Burriaga wouldn't do that. Um, that's when <laughs> when you come out with something that's that's better than any any of your individual ideas. Right. Yeah. Well, and Absolutely. and whenever you all talk about um, the the conversations you have in the Slack channels on on various mm. interviews or, or Disney Plus episodes, whatever they may be, congrats on that. Mm. Um, Thank you. It, it it does sound like friends talking about Star Wars, but you guys are just friends that talk about what character would do, and then you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> then, then it's real. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's just properly <laughs> mad. And and but the thing is, we have become friends, and and the, mm -hmm. we all knew each other before a bit through things like from a certain. I, I'd still say from a certain point of view was the beginnings of the High Republic, mm -hmm. because it it created a community within the writers of Star Wars um, um, books at the time that wasn't there before because, again, we were all quite, you know, separated up by countries and time zones and all kinds of things. We'd only ever meet at conventions and then it was just to do a quick panel and then run off. When you had, from a, um, from a certain point of view, we, we had that mammoth signing session when we were all in a room signing hundreds of hundreds of books together. We did a panel when there was 15 of us on there. Um, yeah, totally. And we started to become a community more so than before. So... When we were put, the five of us put together, when Mike Seglane decided he wants to be Nick Fury and, you know, and come <laughs> sliding up to yeah. us, and go, have you heard um, of the initiative? I mean, that's literally, it was called the All-Stars Initiative at first. I mean, it was a blatant reference point. Um, I wanted I wanted him to have an eye patch. Um, <laughs> when he came up to us, we didn't know who we were, the other people were. And we didn't know until we pretty much, a few weeks before leaving for Skywalker. So, um, when that email arrived and the, those four names were on there, it was just such a sigh of relief. Oh, I can work with these people. But again, we, we still didn't really know each other that well. You know, it was through those amazing weeks when you're off at Camp Star Wars, you know, it was through working every day with these people that mm -hmm. the conversations go beyond Star Wars. You know, it goes into everything, you know, it, because you, you become work colleagues as well and you become friends. So it has given us, it's given us a, a little support group as well, which is fantastic. Ah. Love it. And and of course, speaking of the collaboration, you, you mentioned earlier uh, how much input your artists have had, like Ario on the High Republic uh, comic itself. And then, of course, Rachel Stott, who was denounced on a project we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, how is it working with them? Because I feel like there's it's something there's levels of the main cast, if you will, of you all plotting the High Republic. But then, of course, on the comics, you all work with the artists so intimately. How did, how did their collaboration work with the kind of bigger picture of the whole initiative? So, I mean, obviously, artists have been a part of it from the beginning. I mean, it's it's very rare and it's wonderful. I mean, you mentioned the the Disney Plus um, episode of Disney Insider, and they have in that the moment where we were taken into the Disney um, design um, building and we were shown all this art that we'd never seen before. And we just, it's so unusual when you're working on you know books and, and to have that level of art, you know. And we we had Star Wars Legends coming up with concept design for us you know and we had we had for every character there's been concept art again that doesn't happen unless you're working on a film or a tv show obviously with a comic yeah it's part and parcel um so what the way it's worked is that it's been the individual writers on those comics working working with the artists um and obviously the editors and everyone involved mm -hmm. so when ario was brought on board i think i'd started writing issue one before ario was on board but only just. Um, and so, because originally I didn't even know I was writing the Marvel comic, um, you know, for oh, the wow. first year and year and a half. Um, I was just working on the High Republic, you know, and then we, we were all given our assignments. Um, 
it, you know, like a writer's room works. That's exactly how it usually works on TV. You you work together on the on the story, and then you you're given the episodes. So you know, um, so I was very grateful to be um, asked to do the the Marvel comic. I started work on it. Ario came on board, and I had a two hour chat with him when we forgot to talk about the High Republic um, because <laughs> wow. the the picture the picture came. We were doing a Zoom call. It came on. He was sitting there with a monkey lizard on his shoulder, um, and I just thought <laughs> we're going to get on with each other. And then we just talked about <laughs> Star Wars for two hours and horror movies and all kinds of things um and then ran out of time and went oh we better do one of these tomorrow as well and I, i'll explain what the high republic is because ari had no idea <laughs> uh, you know there was ari had no idea what the high republic actually really involved at that point um and so wow. um so yeah the next day we got back on and i, I sort of gave him a, a you know a, a 101 on the high republic um and then yeah and then that was it he was off he he was in the deep end because then you know it was like we had we had certain obviously we had skier we had keeve um we had the outside of starlight but we had no idea what it looked like inside starlight um and that was just area being let loose at that point um and it was amazing to see and so i would then feed stuff back you know we get fed back through the official channels of you know mark and, and tom at marvel up through mm. to luke's film i would be feeding stuff back to the rest of the, of the um the luminous five and it would yeah so it you know and they would give notes and so it does become um one big group again um but i i like the for the fact now you've got these little sort of like silos creative silos going on as well that are all feeding into the same thing and again daniel's had exactly the same on the idw series as well so um and and yeah, one thing I think I think we've talked about this. I hope we have. I'll be in trouble if we haven't. Um in the the IDW, there are gonna be little sort of like maps and things as well. So, you know, Daniel's been working yeah, on yeah. that as um to to sort of build do do a bit more world building and what the galaxy looks like as well at the time. So yeah, it's been great. And of course, with all that kind of thing, he's been bringing the maps to us and saying, is there anything we need to add, you know, and that kind of thing. So again, it's it's it, the collaborative nature just keeps rolling and expanding the more people come into it. This is so cool. That seems, that's just so cool. Incredible. I know. And yeah, it's, you know, no. it's, 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 it's Star Wars Club. And it's, um, yeah. I will never, yeah. ever take it for granted because that's awesome. It is such an a, a honor to be to produce something like this. And, and, and it is fun. Like, again, like any job, there are days when it's more fun than others. But you mm -hmm. just, you know, you have to have that moment where when you're having a day when you're feeling a bit, you're moaning a bit, you have to sit back and go, shut up, Scott. <laughs> think what you're doing and then you realize oh yeah oh yeah that's fair enough and and but um and i think we've all had those moments when you know when we're in the thick of it and we're in the mire of it and you think oh god this is not gonna go right and then you go have a step back and you and that's actually when the art comes in and it's really exciting because a bit of concept art will come in and we'll all just go oh look at it it's amazing and then the moment yeah. comes up again and you in in it sort of it punches up a gear so yeah um having so many people in in it is also a way of keeping that energy going which is really helpful especially when you're working on something this this big and it has been getting bigger constantly um and and will continue to you know it's kind of kind of speaking of some of the artwork too i wanted to ask you about you know you guys have had incredible concept art cover artwork from folks like grant griffin phil noto um you know the higher public is kind of because you're simultaneously doing comics and books and those sorts of things you have Kind of the responsibility of creating kind of the visual language i guess for this entire universe like how have you guys sort of tackled that responsibility um 
I think all of us come at a different way. I mean, me, I'm a massive, I see a film and I have to buy the art book immediately. Much yeah. to yeah. my wife's disgust um, because <laughs> the, the house, the foundations are having to be strengthened now. You know, so we watched, um, <laughs> we watched Soul at Christmas and immediately I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get the, the art book. And she's like, you don't have to. Like, oh, I really do. Um, and yeah, so I, for me, it's always, it's, it's, I'm loving it because it, it feels that kind of, you know, it feels in that kind of world, you know, so it's, it's, it's plain to, you know, exactly what I love. I know Justina has talked about this and other things as well, that Justina gets really overwhelmed and just goes, it's amazing. And then Mike says, have you got any notes? She goes, I will do, because she's just <laughs> geeking out at the fact that we've got this art just appearing. Um, I think because I, I come from a comics background and so just Charles, obviously, we're, we're sort of a bit more used to it, I think. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, uh, right. It's part of our, uh, our our job. It's been great to see Daniel becoming more of a comics creator. And again, all of us have a comics history. Um, and since we've been doing this, um, Claude has been working on the House of L series for, for Star Wars. Oh, sorry, Star Wars, for DC. Um Daniel's been working on the IDW and some other graphic novels as well. So we're all at, ver at various levels of experience with comics. So it's been great to see everyone exploring that. And then Justina now with the manga as well. So um, for me and Charles as well, I think it's, it's great because it's like, it's almost see seeing that love of comics increased with everyone else when it was already there anyway. Um, I, I find that really exciting. Absolutely, and and of course, speaking of more exciting comment, uh, comics rather, we got some some pretty cool announcements in the last uh, last little while for more projects. Of course, in the High Republic, you're saying that it's rolling on for years, clearly because it's been announced. You're writing currently, as you said, the the Rising Storm, the next adult novel for the initiative, and the yeah. Monster of Temple Peak, which is yes. the original graphic novel coming out. How? Yeah. How did we've heard about the Rising Storm, but the Monster of Temple Peak felt like it, it came out of nowhere in that announcement and kind of lit us all ablaze. How did those come apart as like the second part of the High Republic? Um, it was a case of as more people within Disney got excited about it, more people wanted to get involved. And I think we first we first heard about it when we did the launch last February in LA. Um, it was when we were there. I think Mike first mentioned it to me um because yeah um there was the again the, at the beginning you have to realize this was completely new for everyone inside disney as well so you know there was sure. a lot of people mike has been a cheerleader for this um throughout and pushing it every time he can in every meeting um he could get to get in you know from every level you know up to kathy and and above mike's been in those rooms pushing this thing um and yeah, so it came back saying, you know, okay, we've got all this, let's do gra graphic novels as well. Um, and around that time, I was creating the character of Tyoric for The Rising Storm. Um, and it was in one of those meetings and we, we decided, well, perhaps she's a character we can spin out um, and tell her story um, as well in graphic novel, you know, for perhaps a slightly younger audience, but not that much younger than, than The Rising Storm. Um, and so that's where it becomes organic. And that's what I love about working on a project like this is um, it will happen beyond us as well. There'll be characters that we won't expect to break out and that will, you know, and so we'll be telling stories about them as well. But yeah, Ty came out. She wasn't, we had mentioned of a character like Ty quite early on and 
the character she's based on, the concept design she was based on, Phil Noto created out of, you know, his head without a character being there. Um, and I became a little bit obsessed about finding characters for all those characters. Um, and so that, yeah, it was quite late on in the day that Ty started to be mentioned. And I think the name belonged to another character before and then that character vanished and we always liked the name. And so it was just one of those things where she became this character in The Rising Storm. And from that point on, the graphic novel started to happen. Um, and then I've been campaigning for Rachel to be a part of this from day one because I worked with Rachel on Doctor Who. Um, I'm a massive fan of her work. I mean, she's just lovely anyway. Um, we've worked together quite a lot. We've done workshops together for kids, you know, teaching kids how to make comics. Um, and so I was fighting, every time I've done anything in Star Wars, I've been saying, well, what about Rachel? What about Rachel? And I know Mike's been the same. Mike really wanted to work with her. And it just seemed, again, that the stars aligned and it, this seemed the right project as well. So mm -hmm. um, she's got a very kinetic style, which was perfect for it. She's very, I mean, if you've ever seen any of her work, it's all faces and hands and and, and explosions yeah. and energy. And yeah, so she she just was absolutely right for it. So I'm thrilled to be working with Rachel again um, because I, I miss working with her. Um, and so it's been great to, to, to dive back into that, that partnership. Wow. Well, there are clearly a lot of friendships amongst y'all who are working on Star Wars just in general, not even just the High Republic. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up your good buddy, George Mann, who we... I knew this was going to yeah. come. Oh, you knew it. You knew it. Yeah. Uh, I can't stand the bloke. It's awful. <laughs> oh, man. Roll the clip from when we uh, interviewed George Mann earlier this year. Just... Pouring over how wonderful Kevin is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've all, I think everyone's got. I think the moment that I, I tweeted the picture of George falling off his chair, um, I think everyone worked <laughs> out what our relationship. That was it. That was the um, most incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've known George for years, um, and again, it's great that he, he's now part of the Star Wars community as well and the family as well. But yeah, I mean, we again we talk every day but yeah we that comes from we come that comes from a, a mutual love of doctor who we were doctor who fans and, and met on the doctor who forum um years and years and years ago wow um and and yeah and then it's great that we, we end up working together now as well um it's always good fun but yeah um i don't i know you've mentioned the bromance between me and george many times and um and and it yeah, I mean, the, but it's, that's what Star Wars is about, isn't it? It's about friendship, and so I'm, I'm just really happy that we get to we get to live in that world as well together. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the last time that that you were on the show, as we mentioned, uh, we had a really hard hitting question for you about what oh, we. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I you probably don't remember. You probably blacked out. You know, it, it was those yeah. kind of, that kind of a question where we actually. What so I get like flashbacks to that interview. It, it's dreadful. It's a bit like Nam. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've had to have a serious case of therapy to come back on the show. Well, um, you know, people you know, advise we, we, me. We got billed for it. We know. Yeah, we're aware. Yeah, we uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this time around, we, we're going to give you an equally tough question. If you could Good. choose any one high republic ship or structure or vehicle or what have you to be a lego set that you could build what oh, would you choose um, <laughs> uh, well i'd like to see the vectors um <laughs> i'd like so to see cool. the jedi vectors in in lego form in fact i saw on reddit not that i spend time lurking around reddit the high republic forums um but i saw that someone <laughs> had created a, a um a set, a, a set of the vector and it's beautiful 
Um, because the vectors come from uh, um, art that wasn't used for the prequels, you know. So we went back and we we mined a lot of the of those, um, just like Filoni did with Rebels. You know, we 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 went through it back through the archives, and the and the, the vector came from some of those original designs that that, that were weren't used earlier on in the films. Um, I'd love to see a vector. I mean. A beacon would be incredible. It'd be huge. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, the, like yeah, those right. Death Stars that are like ten thousand yeah, yeah. pieces or whatever. Yeah, yeah right. I mean that'd be uh, that'd be incredible. And the stand you'd need for it to be on would be a bit weird. But um, yeah, no, you know, I'd obviously like to see that. I mean, um, we haven't seen a lot of the Nile ships yet, but you know, uh, um, right. The the yeah the Gaze Electric would be would make an amazing 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 Lego set. Well, they all would, wouldn't they? I'm going to say this and. <laughs> I will probably be building them, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'd like to see a vector. I'd like to see Starlight, and um, I'd like to see Ty's ship because Ty's ship is cool. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'll be that'll be fun, and, it, and it's crazy because we're still so new into this initiative, right? And we're not in the whatever toys or shirts or whatever other things I'm definitely going to buy, and uh, it, it's going to be exciting to see everyone kind of fill their home with the High Republic. But the thing is, again, people, I don't think, until recently, I think people knew that it, I mean, people thought that, you know, in a way it was these first books and that was it, you know, and these first books are literally the pre-title sequence. If this was a Bond movie, the music has only just started. Um, so, yeah. wow. so, you know, it, there is so much more to come and, and it's amazing that people are excited about it now because again, yeah, you, you know, we, we've seen the vectors, we've seen, we've seen Starlight, there are so more, many more ships that are on the horizon there are so many more characters um people are going to need flow charts um yeah <laughs> and there are flow charts i mean i think it's amazing yeah. that people are starting to do flow charts yeah. online um but yeah i mean there's i would i would die if there were lego sets it would be incredible and <laughs> someone mentioned this to me yesterday on twitter and um i mentioned the old the old republic lego sets which was a really bad thing to do because i immediately went back onto ebay and immediately bought another one. Um, and I go on to spirals. And so, yeah, there's someone, there's a, a Lego shop that's now made a lot of money out of me yesterday because I, I bought the, <laughs> the Sith, the Sith Inceptor, the Old Republic Sith Inceptor. Oh my God. Um, yes. I spent far too much money on that. Um, <laughs> but I would, yeah, I would t to think that there might even be, the, 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 the if there's ever a, action figure if there's ever you know a, a fungo pop i will explode and my house will be full of it yeah you just you're speaking my language now i i, I have thought of the funko pops of the high republic yeah. and just like i mean well they, they, they'll go right next to your soul art book i think your wife will be thrilled It'll be, <laughs> <laughs> you can never have enough. exactly exactly um it's whenever she walks into the study and sees me on the funko pop website she's like no that's just no it's like <laughs> well, obviously gonna happen but yeah i mean yeah that's the dream in there we'd love it to 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 reach that stage i mean you know i've got stuff here on my shelves that you know is back from dark empire you know tie crawlers and things yeah. and so the thought that we could have stuff like that for the things we're creating now is just incredible and you know here's hoping absolutely yeah absolutely and we'll be uh of course, following every step of the way. We can't wait. Uh, before we let you go, obviously, you are our inaugural Utini Social Butterfly Award winner. So I know. You're, you're, yeah. I was very so, honored. I was very congratulations. honored. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. you. Well, it. you know, um, it was, do you want me to, prepare? I, I prepared a speech. If I <laughs> oh, yes, 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 please. If you <laughs> no, no, um, <laughs> I'd, like to thank, I'd like to thank George Mann. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, that was incredible. Thanks for that, guys. That was brilliant. I mean, I, I, absolutely. 
social media, let's face it, is a thing. And um, mm -hmm. it can be really hard, um, but it can mm. also be really rewarding. And I, I try and make it as rewarding as possible. Um, and yeah, and it can be absolutely great. And I think the more we can be positive out there, because let's face it, there is a tiny little bit of negativity. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think um, it's our, all of our duties to try and wash that out with the positivity about. And, and I think we get so wound up in the drama of all that stuff that goes on um, that we forget that it's a tiny part of Star Wars fandom. Yep, tiny part. Social media is a tiny part of Star Wars fandom. You know, and and. Most Star Wars fans will never even go onto Twitter and talk about Star Wars, but they're still Star Wars fans and they're still buying the books and they're still watching the films and they're still getting the toys. Um, and I think we can become so wrapped up in those moments where Twitter burns um, that we think that takes over everything. And, and it, as I say, it's, it's a small part of it. Um, but I hope that my corner of it is as positive as possible. Um, and I say I don't always yeah. get it right by any means. But um, so yeah, that you know, the award meant a lot actually because I do try and I, I do, I do try my best to talk to people whether they like me or not. Um, you know, <laughs> and that, that doesn't always work. But you know, um, yeah. My theory is, you know, everyone we're all Star Wars fans. You know, no matter where our background and and, and what our, what we love and what we don't love, and they're all uh, there's always elements of Star Wars that we don't love um, for all of us. And I think as long as we can talk about that without calling each other names or, or trying to make a point or just going in for a fight. Um, that's what that's what we all do when we sit around with our friends in pubs and bars and, and clubs and cons and, and yeah. talking about Star Wars. There's that moment when you say, oh, I remember reading this comic and the other person goes, well, that, well, that was rubbish. But, you know, that's what being <laughs> a fan is. Like. You have those arguments. You have those, you know, I will die on the Jackson Hill. There are other people right. who will quite happily blow the hill up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's what being a fan is about, I think. But what happens on online, it becomes such the, the intensity of it takes over everything. And, and it's so difficult to see, you know, the, the loves behind all of that fire as well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I just try my best to try and diffuse it as much as possible um, and make everyone as welcome as I can. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a. It's its own little thing. Yeah. Well, if, if people want to experience that that corner, like you say, that you just you just summed up everything we hope Star Wars Online Discourse will ever be, frankly. <laughs> That's um, right. Where can they find you, uh, both on Twitter, elsewhere online, and if they're not online, what uh, projects that you're talking about? What books should they be looking out for? Okay. So yeah, Twitter. I'm Kevin Scott. Um, at Kevin Scott on Instagram. I think I'm at Kevin Scott writer. There's my website, www.kevinscott.com. Um, they're probably the, the main places that I am. Um, if you're not on internet, the internet, how are you watching this? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's a mystery. Um, <laughs> it's, a true, it's, a true, it's a true conundrum. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Star Wars The High Republic from Marvel Comics is an ongoing series which is out now if you can find issue one well done um you know <laughs> yeah, but we are we are we're keeping printing them um and so issue two comes out in a few weeks time ongoing series there the rising storm the next novel comes out um in June from Del Rey which I, I'm writing away from Star Wars um please check out my series from Vault Comics Shadow Service which is my um sort of horror spy um, detective series which is definitely not for kids but um, if you're not a kid please pick that up um, and then yeah if you basically go to my website um, because I, th I think everyone is pretty much online um, and I will be wibbling on about everything I'm doing on there brilliant 
Well, we, uh, I, it, it still feels weird that it's here. We're so glad you get to talk about all this stuff. We're so glad that this is going to keep going for years. Uh, both High Republic and not, we're so glad you're part of this community, Kevin. And thank you again for taking some time to talk to us today. We super appreciate it. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.